You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, my name is CJ Palmasano, and we have a lot to get into. Just just in this week alone, you think, like, one announcement after one big moment, and this and there, and just that and the other thing. It's like, ah, you know, sometimes I come in this podcast and there ain't much to talk about. I'll be quite honest with you. Kind of have to... Roll with the punches and see what I can deal with, <laughs> you know? A roll with the punches is a bit of a wrong phrase to use, but my point is I have a lot to fucking talk about this week. So thank you all for joining us here uh, on the podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much. Um, yeah, we have a lot to get into, so let's just get right into it. So we have a few stories coming up. Uh, the, towards the latter half of this podcast, we'll be doing my, uh, my AEW Revolution predictions and my review of Dynamite this week. We have the bombshell announcement of Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. We'll get to that in a little bit. Triple H possibly might not come back to WWE uh, ever or maybe just not for quite some time. Um, We have a new U.S. champion. Edge versus AJ Styles has been set for WrestleMania. And... Right off the bat, I do want to kick off with this. I do want to kick off with this because this just happened uh, recently. Uh, Vince McMahon was on the Pat McAfee show. Now, um, I have never watched Pat McAfee's show before. I've never seen him do an interview, but I was like, why have I not seen him do an interview prior to this? He is such a delight to watch interviewing people. He's such a huge ball of energy, and he's like really really good as an interviewer and he's not really giving any like you know bullshit lowball questions he's asking Vince some pretty hard questions you know he's asking about the releases he's asking about you know uh you know the now uh just Saudi Arabia he mentions AEW there's a lot of stuff that he talks about with Vince and Vince doesn't shy away from it um, there's a few things here. So for one, the big, the big news, uh, coming out of this interview is that Vince McMahon announced that he will be inducting the undertaker into the hall of fame at WrestleMania. Well, the hall of fame, not at WrestleMania, but WrestleMania weekend, you know what I mean? Um, the right guy to do it. Honestly, the relationship that Vince and taker have, uh, as we've learned about over the years, is really really special. It's uh, they truly are really really close friends, and Sean and I talked about my uh, my my uh, forever co-host, as I like to call him. Um, that we we said that you could do a few guys. You could do Michaels, Kane, maybe not so much Kane right now after his little comments on Twitter. Um, uh, Triple H could be another one. McFoley, uh, but then you have Vince who created this Undertaker character it made the man Mark Calloway that have the career that he has it's an incredible incredible just it's gonna be fun it's gonna be a fun time and will he be the sole inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame this year 
the way things are going, uh, he very well is going to be, uh, because I believe they're filming the Hall of Fame after uh, after the SmackDown, the Go Home Show for SmackDown for Mania is uh, is happening. I think they're going to be doing it after that. So it would seem likely that Taker would be the sole inductee into the Hall of Fame this year. What they're going to talk about, what Vince is going to say inducting him, I don't know. Because if you've, if you've seen the Undertaker documentary, Last Ride, the five-part documentary series, uh, when they ask Vince what does Taker mean to him personally, he kind of gets teary-eyed and he just tells the, 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 the guys to shut off the camera, which is, um, you know, he, he means that much, Taker. Taker means that much to Vince. So... There's no one better who could have in, uh, inducted or was going to induct Taker into the Hall of Fame. The other big announcement from that show is that Vince McMahon is offering Pat McAfee a match at WrestleMania. Now, we have heard the reports that Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee actually might be happening at WrestleMania uh, and could stem from this uh, this whole interview. Um, but I think it might more or less go down to the along the lines of you know, maybe Vince picks one person, then Pat picks another person. But who the hell knows who Pat McAfee might face? It could very well be Vince McMahon. We will have to wait and see about that. Um, you know, Pat talked about some of the things like, you know, when it came to releasing talent and when it came to some people here. Now, let me just see if I can find the quote exactly. It says here in the recap, thanks to WrestleTalk.com, that Pat asked Vince about his decisions he makes in terms of releasing people and outside people saying things like he doesn't have a heart. Vince says he's always considered about what's best for the audience and what the audience wants. It's always about what's best thing for the business. He used the example of Hulk Hogan, how he never wanted to bring it back after it was in WCW, but the fans wanted him back, so he brought him back. Um... Uh, it says Vince says that since we in public, he now makes better business decisions because he has to worry about shareholders and there's nothing more personal about decisions he makes. I will say with this whole release thing, um, fans have been saying for a that's not necessarily the case and that's not entirely true because fans tell you how much they love, you know, Keith Lee, Bray Wyatt, Aleister Black, uh, you know, just... Just to name a few guys who who fans really wanted on your roster and you didn't really do much with them. I'm just, you know, Samoa Joe, another guy. So, you know, it's 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 kind of a, I don't know, I wouldn't say bullshit answer. I, he probably does feel genuine about that, but listen to your crowd a little bit, Vince, you know? Um, he also says that he completely blocks out the negative, which makes complete and total sense of things we've heard from the Vince in the past. That he doesn't he doesn't like to deal with the negative or the positive. He just likes to deal with like what's going on in his world and the company. Um, you know, Pat asks him about the wrestling landscape with AEW and all that, and it, it, it's it's strange how he acknowledges this. That Pat McAfee brings it up. Um, they talk about Saudi Arabia, and he just said, you know. It's uh, Pat asked about running the shows in Saudi Arabia, and since says Saudi fans are this are the same as fans everywhere else. He says people everywhere lower, uh, love Western culture, and WWE fits into Western culture, so Saudi people still understand and appreciate it. Um, Vince also said that you may love Western culture, but they don't love Western government. And Pat McAfee says, "Well, no one likes our government." And I'm like, "Well, that's a very good point. No one likes our government." Um, so he says, Pat asks how as time really asks how he's time to do everything, the daily routine. And Vince says he starts finishes training at like three AM and starts it at like one thirty. Uh the guy is a 
a madman. Like it, it's in, it, it is insane when you get into the psyche and the thought process of Vince McMahon, it it is it is out there. And Pat said that uh, at three thirteen in the timestamp here, Pat said everyone thinks Vince is a robot who will live forever, which probably Vince played that down and said that when he does die, he just wants a second, one second to say thank you to everybody uh, for everything. And uh, at three sixteen, yeah, three sixteen. Uh, hello, Austin. Vince says that he looks at family members the same way as other employees. He even says he's expected more from his family members. If this person is working out, they should not be a part of the company. That is a pretty big shot at your son, isn't it? There. Hello, Shane. Uh, that makes total sense. I mean, we saw, uh, we saw, heard at least the reports of. Uh, you know, of uh, <clears throat> of Shane going a little bit crazy at the Rumble. Um, so good on him for getting rid of Shane. Kind of just going all over the place here because, again, I couldn't watch the whole interview, but I, there are some key points I want to talk about. It also says that Pat brings up an interview with Aleister Black, the now Malachi Black in AEW, did where he spoke about a meeting with Vince about his new entrance music, and Vince said something like, well, I don't get it, but if you like it, Pat asks, if Vince has always been like that, or what point did the mindset come to play? Vince admits he's never been cool, but he doesn't care and tries to give people creative ability because it makes him more invested. If a performer disagrees with the idea, he asks what the alternative is. If a performer gives a better alternative, great. That's what they'll go with. And we have heard stories about that in the past. There is so much to unpack with this interview, but I will say for anybody, uh, if you've never watched Pat McAfee do an interview before, if you've never seen his interviews uh, and I'm someone who is just starting to watch his interviews now uh, you should definitely go watch it because for me next on my list is the Brock Lesnar interview I definitely want to watch the Brock Lesnar interview uh, anybody for sure go watch the Vince McMahon uh, interview with Pat McAfee Pat McAfee is just an amazing ball of energy that is just gonna be is just so fucking fun to watch um, yeah, definitely go watch it. Uh, we have a lot of other things that have gone on. They're going on in the world of pro wrestling at the moment. Uh, we have an update on Cody Rhodes and his potential WWE return. Now, uh, there has been a major update, according to Cassidy Haynes from Bodyslam.net. The, re the return might not be happening at all. While talking to the industry sources regarding the AEW question of ROH, an interesting tidbit regarding Cody Rhodes emerged. While the departure of Randy and Cody Rhodes were quoted as being, quote, very much a real life and was not a work, end quote, they were also informed fascinatingly regarding the ongoing decision that had been reportedly occurring between Cody Rhodes and WWE. Those conversations has since fizzled out. That is the quote. This would certainly make a shocking change from the past narrative that Cody would be uh, imminently arriving in WWE, posted for a major push. Various hints at the possible impending arrival of Cody Rhodes have continued to pop up across WWE programming, as well as heavily hinted on social media. In another turn of events, one source went even far to say is is hope that Cody could be brought back into the fold of AEW in light of the ROH acquisition to serve a new role as ROH will reportedly be utilized at least in the part of quote developmental system for all elite wrestling. Uh, that's very interesting to hear that now the Cody Rhodes situation might not even be happening now. Um, it's very interesting. 
It's very, very interesting. I mean, we'll have to wait and see how things go. Because I don't think anybody thought it was possible that Cody Rhodes was leaving AEW or was ever going to leave AEW at some point to even return to WWE. But who knows? Maybe, maybe this could be a thing of like... Maybe Cody could come back to the AEW fold. And maybe... He could go into more of a booking thing and more of a, uh, you know, uh, running the whole thing of ROH where Cody could be like the Triple H there. Now, I know we've made a lot of Cody Rhodes and Triple H comparisons over the years, but maybe Cody could run ROH the television program. Maybe he could work on the storylines. Maybe Cody could be the booker. And honestly, I wouldn't mind that if that is the case. I wouldn't mind it. You know, Cody wouldn't go back to WWE, but I think this will work out better in the long run. I mean, nothing is confirmed until we actually hear it from the horse's mouth, whether it be AEW or Cody himself. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but it's a very interesting turn of events, and let's just get right into that that big, big story. Tony Khan is now the owner of Ring of Honor. Well... Uh, an official statement was released by Ring of Honor on their website regarding the acquisition of the company by All Elite Wrestling CEO and head of creative Tony Khan. The statement reads as follows. As agreement has been reached of All Elite Wrestling CEO Tony Khan to acquire the assets of Ring of Honor Wrestling Entertainment LLC from Sinclair Broadcast Group, Khan has made the announcement during Wednesday night's episode of AEW Dynamite on TBS. Ring of Honor's influence on a modern professional wrestling is etched permanently in the history books, and this accusation ensues that the legacy will be kept alive and treated with the utmost respect, said Khan. ROH COO Joe Coff said, Ring of Honor has produced some of the best professional wrestling over the past 20 years, but importantly, it created a family. I will be forever grateful to everyone in Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor family who has worked tirelessly for the past two decades to take ROH to levels previously unimagined. Tony has the utmost appreciation and respect for Ring of Honor, and I am truly excited to see how he continues the legacy. ROH was founded in 2002 by a Philadelphia-based uh, pro wrestling video production company and has gone to become one of the most influential promotions in the industry. Emphasizing unparalleled in-ring action and athleticism, ROH initially created a niche audience of disfranchised hardcore fans, hardcore wrestling fans, I should say, recording live events in Philadelphia and fewer cities in the Northeast and selling them on DVDs and VHS. For those humble beginnings of ROH, steadily grew into a global brand that launched the careers of a number of top stars, including CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, The Briscoes, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. In 2011, SBG acquired ROH from Kerry Silken, who will become ROH's sole owner since 2004. Under SBG's ownership, ROH became the only wrestling company in the U.S. with a major multi-market presence of broadcast TV. The next chapter in ROH's story's history will now be written by Khan, who described himself as a, quote, huge fan of Ring of Honor when he made the announcement on Dynamite. This adds. This deal adds thousands of hours of content to our rapidly growing library and creates the new opportunities to expand our footprint on national and global stage while having the potential to produce new content under the Ring of Honor banner, said Khan. 
Uh, last night's episode of AEW, the show kicked off with Tony Khan ring announced that he had purchased ROH as previously report, uh, reported. The initial plans for ROH to utilize AEW as a developmental division. So the sorts, the report stated that the main roster of AEW's name is expected to appear on ROH occasionally. Um, this would work out really, really well if that is the case that ROH would kind of be like the NXT of AEW. I mean, hell, that would be excellent and perfect. Um... I have gone to so many Ring of Honor shows um, in my time. You know, I I'm trying to count the the amount of times I've been to. But my first ROH show was in 2017 when it was you know Bullet Club was the hottest thing. I remember uh, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks were the six man tag ROH six man tag team champions. Cody Rhodes was the ROH uh, world champion, uh, being defeated by Dalton Castle. Uh, for the ROH Championship. Uh, Marty Skrull was facing Jay Lethal. Uh, Will Ospreay had faced Matt Taven. It was the first time I saw Ospreay, and it wasn't really like an Ospreay-esque match that I was afforded to seeing. Um, we also see, we saw the the War Raiders, Viking Raiders, or War Machine as they were known at, back then against Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian, known as their old tag team name, The Addiction, before SCU. Uh, a really fun uh, match there, and I think I think we I think there was Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer versus the Briscoes. That also happened, I remember, uh, because Tommy and Bully had lightsabers, and uh, the latest Star Wars movies coming out at the time. Um, and then I've been to plenty of other shows. I went to an ROH show where I met Cody Rhodes, super cool, nice guy. Um, that was the lead into All In. There was him versus Flip Gordon. Then the main event was Bullet Club. It was Hangman Page, the Young Bucks, and Marty Skrull versus, um, I think it was SCU and, uh, oh, God, I can't, I can't remember who the, the fourth guy was. But that's the show where I saw Hangman Page do a uh, backflip uh, moonsault, you know, moonsault onto the other wrestlers from the balcony in the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, and then later on, uh, I'd seen it was... I saw uh, the young. It was the final battle with the last night of the elite, where we saw Hangman Page versus Jeff Cobb for the ROH TV title, Jay Lethal versus Cody Rhodes for the ROH title, the Young Bucks versus SCU versus the Briscoes for for the tag titles and ladder wars, uh, Zack Saber Jr. versus uh, uh, who was it? It was uh, I'm forgetting his fucking name. Uh, Jonathan Gresham, the current Ring of Honor world champion. How could I forget, unfortunately? Uh, a lot of really cool moments. And then I went to the MSG uh, New Japan ROH show, which was so much fun. Um, it's just nice to see that ROH isn't going to die and that it is going to be used well. Um, there's a long lineage and history there. There's a lot of talent that can be brought into the AEW fold with ROH, you know, like the Briscoes. The Briscoes literally tweeted today or something saying... Uh, let me see here. It says, uh, Dem Boys at Jay Briscoe. Good shit, Tony Khan. Now do we get to wrestle FTR? Which is, I think, a lot of us really want to see. Deanna Perrazzo, who is the current uh, Ring of Honor Women's Champion and the uh, AAA Women's Champion, just tweets a picture of herself holding both belts in the ring saying, well, this should be interesting with the eyes looking, ooh, looking over here emoji. So that would be interesting. She is an impact uh Contracted talent, but she is the ROH Women's Champion. Um, you know, could we see the eventual match between her and Dr. Bray Baker? Uh, that would be really cool. There's a lot of possibilities here. And then Jonathan Gresham is such a workhorse. 
uh, right now that, you know, he could kind of go in there and face guys, face off against guys like Danielson and, you know, uh, John Moxley, Kenny Omega eventually, Page, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly. There's a lot of guys, you know, CM Punk, the list goes on and on and on. Um, ROH is, uh, it's alive and well, and I'm really, really happy to see that we are going to get more Ring of Honor content and that it's, because it is a rich history and lineage, you know, a lot of pro wrestling, the way it is today, it it wouldn't be the way it is today if it was not for Ring of Honor. If it was not for these matches we've seen with CM Punk and Samoa Joe, or Samoa Joe and Brian Danielson, or Brian Danielson and Nigel McGuinness, uh, Kevin o, uh, Kevin Steen and uh, El Generico, you know, uh, there's so many matches and so many guys who came in, like Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. You know, there's there's so many. Uh, you know, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon, the Young Bucks and the Hardys. There's so much that has happened in Ring of Honor, where they have made the careers of so many guys, and it can continue to make the career of so many guys and girls in. AEW. Now, I would think that you would need to have to get rid of some of these shows that AEW has, you know, AEW Rampage, you know, there's Dynamite, Rampage, Dark Elevation, Dark. It's like there is a lot there that there's four shows of content right there. Um I would say personally just get rid of AEW Dark. Just get rid of AEW Dark or Dark Elevation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, maybe just change AEW Dark Elevation to Elevation, AEW Elevation, or whatever the case may be. Because then ROH can, can kind of be that NXT that AEW can use to put in, you know, put over these younger guys and, and younger girls. Um, who knows? Uh, and maybe have like some TakeOver S style shows. There's a lot of opportunity here. There's a lot to do with the roster, and there's so much that can be done. It just makes me excited as a fan. And did anybody else notice that Tony Khan was completely coked out when he made that announcement? I mean, I love Tony Khan, but he looked like he looked really excited, but he also looked like he was on some drugs. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you're right there, Tony. I get this is a big announcement, dude, but take it easy. We can clearly see that you're coked out. Anyway, looking really forward to the future of ROH. Let us know on Twitter here, our Twitter page at TNAWP. What's your favorite ROH? Uh, what's your favorite ROH match? What's your favorite ROH wrestler? Uh, your favorite memories from ROH? Let us know. I'll put some polls up so you guys can talk to us. Um, moving on to who could you know ROH could be a possible NXT feeder, you know, a system like NXT. But there's a guy who founded the original NXT, not the game show NXT. But the the NXT that we all grew in love, Triple H, um, he might not be coming back to WWE. Uh, the latest WWE correspondent exit was uh, March 2nd. Uh, it has sparked discussion about Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, the future of the promotion. Per PWI Insider, Lynette Pendetta, who held the position of Manager of Global Talent Strategy and Development of World Wrestling Entertainment, was recently let go by the company. Pendetta worked extremely close to 
Paul Levesque in the role described as Levesque's top executive assistant. Some in the company have said it was probably just a matter of time she exited without him around, as Levesque has still yet to return to work full-time to the company since dealing with his heart issues. Her role was said to be limited at best without him there. uh, Pendetta's departure has also sparked division and wonder in the company as to whether Levesque will ever come back, as those who have been in constant communication with him haven't spoke to him uh, in quite some time. With no indication that he's anywhere close to stepping back in his former roles for the company, obviously there's been and should not be a timeline set for his return. But Pendetta's exit has been seen as a sign by some that it will be still some time, at least, before Levesque is close uh, close to coming back. Um, I speculated on this a while back that should Triple H even come back to WWE, my personal opinion is that I don't think he should. I think he should just stay away from the company and he should go off and do his own thing. Um... Is that feasibly going to happen? I don't know. Um, obviously, I you know it's probably not going to be a very very long time before Triple H is even coming back to wrestling. Um, obviously, the guy had a heart attack, a serious heart attack, and his his health is much much more important than him going back to getting involved with wrestling. But I'd have to say, if it was me personally, I don't think I would want to come back. Like, while I'm healing away, you 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 completely changed the vision I had for this show, the wrestlers that I was trying to, to put in this position. You're just completely tearing it apart and just, it's not the vision that I had. Like, I don't get, I wouldn't want to fucking return. I would not want to come back. I would just be like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm doing my own thing. I'm going to get my wrestlers, and I am going to have a wrestling promotion where I can do my own thing. It would be a really crazy thing if Triple H went to AEW. I mean, Cody Rhodes left AEW, so stranger things have happened in the world. But personally, I just think that Triple H should go off, do his own thing, and just go where his heart tells him to be. And I truly don't think that is a uh, AEW. I truly don't think that is WWE at this point in time. But we have a few other stories to get into, so let's just get right into them. So, uh, Finn Balor is the new U.S. champion, defeating Damian Priest this past week on Raw. Um, cool. Balor's U.S. champion, and he's most likely going to be U.S. champion heading to WrestleMania. Damian Priest versus Finn Balor. Maybe Damian Priest versus Demon Finn Balor. Who knows? Mm, that'd be fun. Um, I gotta say, pretty great run for Damian Priest, huh? Uh, pretty good mid-card title run for anybody in quite some time, I'd have to say. He was booked strong, won the title, had great matches, defended the title, and yeah, we've got Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, uh, potentially at WrestleMania. And this is the first, uh, I think this would make Balor... I think he's won every championship in WWE except the tag titles. Um... Let's eventually get him and AJ to win the tag titles at some point so they can become Grand Slam champions. Because they both won a world title, they've both won the IC title, and they've both won the US title, but they've never won the tag titles. That would make the most sense, don't you think? Um, good on Balor, man. You know, while I was talking about why the fuck Finn Balor wasn't in the Royal Rumble, where has Finn Balor been? What's been going on? At least he's back, and at least he is going to be. He is. Um, he He's. 
He's the U.S. champion, so that's good. Hopefully, leading his U.S. champion into WrestleMania. And speaking of WrestleMania, we have a dream match set. We have Edge versus AJ Styles uh, set for WrestleMania. We don't know which night, but it has been set in the process. Edge was begging for somebody to come out, and AJ answered the call. And Edge said, I want the bulldog AJ Styles. I don't want the AJ Styles who's been t- playing tag team bitch with Omos for the past year and a half. They kind of stand off. Edge lays down his hand for his handshake. AJ kind of says some shit, and then Edge starts beating him up on AJ, and they start fighting each other and brawling, and then Edge uh, Edge hits AJ in the nuts, which, AJ, you should learn by now, dude. Your weakness is getting hit in the balls, and a lot of people keep doing it. Wear a cup, for fuck's sake. You think you'd learn. Anyway, um, Edge gets out of the ring. He uh, hits a concerto, and hits another concerto contemplating what he's done but this is going to be so much better now i was actually watching the uncharted movie with my buddy Vinny, and sean texts me and says edge versus aj at wrestlemania i'm like fuck yeah all right this is great as the movie's starting or like midway through the movie and then i see like oh wait oh fuck he's like edge turn heel it's like he had a concerto on aj like this is so much better a babyface AJ Styles versus a proper heel edge, which we have not really seen a heel edge since his return to WWE two years ago. And for those of you who want to say, Sean included, that, oh, well, he kind of turned No, he didn't kind of turn heel last year. He was a tweener. Edge was a tweener. Yes, he kind of acted like some heel tendencies, but he was a tweener. There was. Edge had legitimate reasons to be pissed off that Daniel Bryan was trying to insert himself into the main event of WrestleMania for his championship match that he earned one on one. Okay? He has legit reasons to be pissed off about that. Uh, this is where he is a total heel, and he is a heel right through and through. Um, it would ma- It's so much better that one's the proper heel, one's the proper babyface. Sure, if it was like two legends of the business, a dream match, two babyfaces, honestly, wrestling always works the best when you have one, one guy is the clear-cut babyface and one guy is the clear-cut heel, and Edge works best as a heel. AJ, uh, AJ could be a great heel or babyface, but... Yeah, fucking heel edge, please. Yes, yes, please. I'm very much looking forward to this match. It's a match that I've been wanting to see for a long, long time. We uh, we hear the, we hear the podcast today, an episode of the Top 10 Edge Dream Matches, which you can go check out, which is in the, in the catalogs. Uh, I do with my good buddy uh, Nick Rosano, uh, my buddy Fozzie, uh, and AJ Styles is on the list there. So far, we've had a few of those people happen. We've had, uh, we've had Seth Rollins. We've had Kevin Owens, which happened at a house show, and now we're going to get AJ Styles at WrestleMania, which is the perfect thing for AJ. If you're, I mean, I don't know who else you're going to have Edge face at WrestleMania, but uh, God damn it, I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. Of all the matches that have been confirmed so far, I'm most looking forward to this one. So with all that being said, with all that being said with WrestleMania coming in here, we have matches coming on the horizon. Let's talk about what's going to be happening this Sunday at AEW Revolution. Let's go into a little bit what happened on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. Uh, there is so much to get into, so much to go over. Uh, a lot of fun stuff happened on this episode. 
Start the show, as we talked about before, Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor, and he is the new owner. They kick things off with Brian Danielson versus Christopher Daniels. After the match, uh, Brian Danielson said, you know, we started this match like in Ring of Honor with a handshake, and we should end things with a handshake. Only thing is, I'm not in Ring of Honor, as he's got Danielson's hands, and he's stomping his foot in. Moxley comes down to the ring and is begging for a fight, and he's a... People are wondering what path I'm going to take. I'm taking the path that will beat Brian Danielson this Sunday at Revolution. Brian Moxie's like, let's fucking go. Let's fight. And Brian just kind of fucks off and leaves. Uh, next, we have the Tag Team Battle Royal to determine the third spot for the Triple Threat Tag Team title match this Sunday. Uh, Dar- Darius Martin returns from injury with his brother Dante. Top Flight is back. I was really happy to see Darius Martin back. It's been so long since we've seen him. He's been out with a fucking injury for a year. Um, should be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see these guys get back in the whole tag division because they had a really fun match the Young Bucks a few years back. Um, the Battle Royal itself wasn't bad. Uh, Young Bucks and FTR were teased, but not much happened. The Bucks eventually did win the Tag Team Battle Royal with the help of Red Dragon, so that's a very interesting thing there as the story progresses. Uh, it'll be Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks versus uh, Jurassic Express for the tag titles. Chris Jericho then said that he it says if Eddie Kingston defeats him in Revolution, he will shake his hand and give him respect. But if Kingston loses, he will laugh in his face and tell him to GFY. Chris Jericho, I love you, dude. You're arguably the best wrestler ever. Stop trying to make GFY a thing. It doesn't work because you can't curse. We can curse here. For those of you who don't know, GFY Jericho is trying to get over is go fuck yourself. That is what he's trying to do. It's just not working, uh, in my personal opinion. Uh, anyway, so, um, then Santana and Ortiz come out, and they gave him a fist bump, and, uh, after his promo, and Jericho says, be cool, and they fist bumped him, and he's like, I always got your back, which will probably lead to Santana and Ortiz turning on him this weekend. Uh, then we had what was my favorite part of the entire episode was this promo with CM Punk. This promo segment with CM Punk and MJF. CM Punk questions if MJF was sincere. He looked himself in the mirror in the morning and asked himself, am I the bad guy? Something he asked himself every single day. Punk says since being in AEW that he w- he has heard MJF disrespected Brian Pimmel Jr.'s father, Darby Allen's uncle. Punk questions if he's to blame for the person MJF has become and calls him to the ring. You know, he believes that hurt people hurt people. If you cut my drift there. Um, there, um, you know, Punk brings up some bad things that he's done in the past. Pouring alcohol on alcoholic and covering the Undertaker and Paul Bearer's ashes. Punk says right now an 11-year-old kid is looking up to you, MJF, the same way MJF did back when he went, uh, and he wants to make peace. Punk lays out his hand to sh- to for MJF to shake. He looks at it. He kind of just stirs off. He thro- he shoves Punk's hand out of the way and gives him a hug. The two they share a hug. Then MJF low blows Punk. And the whole time I'm texting Sean, I'm like, this is great, but I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. And literally as I text him that, MJF kicks Punk in the balls. And while both guys are wearing white to really show that blood, uh, MJF reveals that he's wearing a t-shirt with the picture of him and CM Punk when MJF was a little kid. Uh, that MJF hits him with a low blow. 
MJF busts Punk, Punk open and says that at Revolution he will show him that he is the devil in the flesh uh, and saying things like, you stupid old man, I am the snake, uh, which apparently is a Ring of Honor reference in the promo. Uh, and I'm seeing a picture here, <laughs> someone putting a meme of Syndrome, Young Syndrome with Mr. Fa- Mr. Incredible, Punk and MJF, and then... <laughs> We capture Mr. Incredible from Sin. Okay, this is a pretty funny fucking meme. Um, this promo, this segment, got me fully invested in the even more in the MJF CM Punk storyline. Eventually, Darby Allen, Sting, and Sammy Guevara made the save. Too little, too late, guys. Uh, Punk was wearing an all white t shirt, and that was where the blood will really pop out more. Sean Spears was choking Punk with a dog collar. This match is going to be fucking brutal. And. Honestly, it's my most anticipated match of the weekend, and it's just going to be fucking awesome. I'll get into my predictions of who I think will win in just a few minutes. Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez beat Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, with Thunder Rosa pinning Britt in the middle of the ring. I mean, I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but even for some reason it feels like they waited too long to do the Britt versus Thunder Rosa match. But they also kind of seems like they rushed it. Who knows? Um, Wardlow has squashed Caesar Bononi, and after the match, Sean Spear tries to hit Caesar with a chair, but Wardlow stopped him. And the facial expressions here were excellent by Spears and Wardlow. Wardlow just looking in the eyes like, "Do not fucking steal my thunder again." And Sean's like, "Okay, okay, all that." So after the match, uh, they're backstage, MD- and uh, Sean Spears says, i got some big good news for him. Tell him, Max. MJF says that if Wardlow wins the face of the Revolution ladder match and the TNT title, that he'll let Wardlow keep the title, but doubts that that's going to happen. Wardlow says, yeah, that's because he, he's been busy making sure that MJF wins all his matches. Max slaps Wardlow in the face and reminds him that he's signed, that he works for MJF, not for AEW. Um, then we had a really cool House of Black uh, backstage vignette promo. Uh, they say they gave Death Triangle a new meaning to sight and violence. I cannot wait for Phoenix to get uh, back uh, in the ring so we can have this eventual six-man tag match, most likely at uh, double or nothing. And then tonight we have Rampage. Serena D, five-minute rookie challenge. Keith Lee versus, we don't know, Christian Cage versus Ethan Page in the face of the uh, Revolution ladder match qualification. Sammy Guevara versus Andrade. Alita Lillard versus Darby Allin in a triple threat match for the TNT title. And in the main event, we saw Undisputed Era versus Hangman Adam Page, the world champion, and John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And fun little match. After the match, uh, Page is tied to the rope and uh, take and the... Uh, the he has taken turns beating down Silver and Reynolds. Cole superkicks Page and tells him after the revolution, the world title will belong to him. Um, this was a good match. It's actually Kyle O'Reilly's first match back in AEW, I believe. He's only wrestled two matches, if you if you can believe that. Well, actually, no, two, three, three matches. Yeah, it's his second match this year. Um, this should be a great main event between Cole and Page. I'm not really sure who will win, but uh, it, real realistically, I don't know if Cole will be a serious contender to defeat Hangman Page. I don't know, um, but we'll have to wait and see there. 
Just texted with Sean last weekend, and he was saying that he believes Cole was going to win. But now we don't know. Um, we're not sure what was going to happen. Uh, he's like, it's 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 too hard to tell. But with that being said, to finish off the podcast, let's go through my AEW Revolution predictions for this Sunday. Uh, in the pre-show match, we have Hook, 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 Hook versus QT Marshall. Hook, dude. <laughs> no way QT Marshall's going to win. Uh, Chris Statlander versus Layla Hirsch in a singles match. Um, this feud, I really don't know what... I mean, sure, there's been stuff going on here. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Layla Hirsch because I feel like Chris Statlander is already somewhat established. We should kind of build Layla Hirsch here. Maybe they can do something a little more with her. Uh, next, we have Jade Cargo, the TBS champion versus Ty Conti. Uh, Jade Cargo retains here. She just won that title, and I don't think she's going to be dropping it to anybody anytime soon. Next, we have a six-man Tornado Tag Team match. H-A-H-F-O. Andrade, Isaiah Cassidy, and Matt Hardy versus Darby Allen, the, the TNT champion, Sammy Guevara, and Sting. I'm going to go with the baby faces here. Uh, we need to get some decept, uh, you know, uh, some uh, tension between Matt Hardy is what I'm looking for and Andrade Alidolo, you know, to eventually kind of, you know, come in and build some kind of big tag match between Andrade and a partner and Matt Hardy and Jeff when he eventually comes in. Uh, the three-way tag team title match, the champions Jurassic Express, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus Red Dragon, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly versus the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. This is a harder one to predict because this is uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus's first uh, tag title match on a pay-per-view they kind of feel like the afterthought right now because of the story going on with Bobby with Red Dragon and and the Young Bucks, um, but I can't necessarily I can't necessarily say that we're gonna have no title changes here because we have to have at least one title change. So as much as I hate to say it, because I love. Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. I'm going to go with Red Dragon. I think Red Dragon are going to win the tag titles and to further build the tension between the Bucks and Red Dragon with the eventual Elite versus uh, uh, Undisputed Arrow storyline in the future when eventually Kenny Omega comes back. Next, you have John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. Honestly, neither guy um, I don't think will be hurt by a loss, but... I am going to go with John Moxley here. Uh, I think that Danielson can afford the loss, and I think it'll be a bloody affair, and I think they will actually form this alliance that they've been teasing us with. Uh, next, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston, uh, and I think Santana and Ortiz are going to turn on Jericho and join sides with Kingston, and I think eventually really just officially disband the inner circle because I'm not really sure what else the inner circle could do at this point. Um, next, we have the Face of the Revolution ladder match. We have Limitless Keith Lee versus Orange Cassidy versus Powerhouse Hobbs versus Ricky Starks versus Wardlow versus Christian Cage or Ethan Page. Um, the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Now, uh, Rampage is not, I believe, is not being taped. It's actually live uh, tonight uh, when this podcast is released. But 
I am going to go with Keith Lee. Uh, have a big match for him, and him and Sammy Guevara would work really well. We've seen Keith Lee work really well with smaller guys. Uh, those two would have great would have a great match together. So I'm going to go with Keith Lee. Next we have Thunder Rosa versus Doctor Britt Baker DMD for the women's championship. I'm going to go with Britt Baker here because it doesn't feel like the momentum is on Thunder Rosa's side to win the title. I feel like they can hold this off until at least double or nothing where Britt Baker will have held the title for about a year, and then we'll get Thunder Rosa win that championship. So I'm going to go with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, to retain. Next, we have CM Punk versus MJF in the dog collar match. Now this is where things get a little harder. Um, the thing is, do you... You already had MJF kind of beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. Do you have MJF beat CM Punk again? Um, I don't know, but I'm going to go with MJF because I think he is next in line for a world title match. Um, and him beating CM Punk again just solidifies that's what he does. And then next we have the uh, world title match between Hangman Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Uh, I'm going to go with Hangman Page here because I feel like they're, you're going to want to build up Page as this guy who's beaten three of the best in the world. You know, beating Kenny Omega for the title, beating Brian Danielson, giving him his first loss, beating Adam Cole, giving him his first official loss in AEW. And then I think we eventually build to the MJF Hangman Page match where MJF will take the title off of Hangman Adam Page. And I think that is where the story will lie, uh, because then C then MJF can say, "Well, I've beaten CM Punk three times." That's just where I think the story's gonna go, and I think all this will lead to MJF soon becoming AEW World Champion. That's what I think. I think the show's gonna be great. It's gonna be a lot of fun. But what do you think? What is your favorite match you're gonna be looking forward to this Sunday? Let us know here on Twitter at TNAWP. You can also follow us here on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be po uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you can find us on. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you coming on here to making it to this end of the episode. And listen to me rant for all this fucking time. Really, really appreciate your support thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the not another wrestling podcast i have been cj palmasano and we will see you all next time